Welcome to the Cape Verse podcast. I am your host, Seb, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Thomas. And today, we're going to be talking about Marvel Studio Films. How was that? I, did you um, did you specifically not let me talk during that intro because you didn't like the fact I referred to myself as the better host? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to give you the opportunity. I thought if I just go through with it, You'll have no chance. So that's 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 fair. That's fair. Thanks. Because I mean, cause, I mean I, at the end of the day, I I am the better host. Right, we're not having. Say. No, no. <laughs> we, we don't need to have this discussion. Okay. We're just what we're going to discuss about, as I said, are the top our top five Marvel Studio films. How did you just say discuss about? Can we start again? I can't speak tonight. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, just, we're going to keep going. Um, no. Um, oh, so damn. yeah, uh, today. We're going to talk about the top five, or our personal top five of the MCU. Yeah. And once again, um, he's got a list. I have a list. Who's right? he? You've got a list. Who's he? <laughs> the third guy in the room. There's always a third guy <laughs> There's always room. a third guy. <laughs> he's keeping us from attacking each other. That makes sense. <laughs> he's there to make sure that we don't get into a fight. That's he, that's the purpose of the third He's the referee. Map. He's the referee. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you have a list, right? You... I do have a list. I'll, I'll be you honest. You did the homework. I did the homework. It was really tough because there's so many good films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's really hard to, to not only pick five, but put those five in the <laughs> so like, correct order. You, you are such like a proper MCU cum slut, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I think for the last three episodes, you've taken every opportunity to be like, Marvel's better. And yeah. now that we're here, talking about Marvel for the first time, you're like, they're just all so good, <laughs> I can't possibly decide. Well, well, apart from, you know, Thor, Thor, Dark World, I think that's a very weak one. And maybe you know what, Captain right? Marvel. L- a little bit of a spoiler, I almost put Thor the Dark World on this oh list. Oh my god, really? Is that a joke? Do you, do you know Why? Why? I think it looks nice. Oh, and here the, we go. It's the, it's the MCU movie that looks, you know, in, in phase two at least, I think. In phase it's two. It's got the best cinematography, in my opinion. And in, um, was that the only reason you were going to no, 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 no. It's, it's got some really great written scenes. I love the bit where Anthony Hopkins just screams at Loki, where he's like, your birthright was to die. Like, he probably just screams at his son. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, and and I just I I like it, man. I like it. But no, I've probably gone back to that movie quite a few times. I've I know, just it's it. comforting. Yeah, okay, I get that. But I've only seen it like twice, and those two times were very painful. Um, I, I would also like to point out that once again you've gone for the basic opinion. No, <laughs> it's not the basic one. It's yeah, no, the yeah, correct no. one. <laughs> the the opinion that Thor 2 is the worst MCU movie is the most basic opinion to have. No no offense, Seb. I'm not calling you basic. I mean, it I sounds it sounds it, it sounds like you are right. Enough of this basic shit. So, <laughs> um, like we said, you've got a top five. I've got a top five. Um, you said you also had some honourable mentions. When would you like to announce those? We'll get to them before our number one. I think we should do it between two and one. Two and one. Fantastic. So. Would you like to go first? What is your... I think we should say it at the same time. Oh, like the DCEU one? 
Yeah, I think we should say it at the same time. Again. Because I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what you've got, so... I'm really curious as well what I've got as well. <laughs> you're curious about what your own list is? <laughs> yeah, because I, I know I'm going to get... You wrote it blindfolded. <laughs> That's what you did, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was what we were doing, yeah? That was the point. That, that was the homework. Right, okay. I'm um, looking at them now. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm happy with it, so... Right, let's go. Let's go. Let's are go. You, are you counting? Countdown. Right, I'll 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 do the count. Okay. okay. You we know you struggle with your count. So. we start with uh, <laughs> one, right? <laughs> well, yeah, because you go one, two, three. That was a terrible joke, Seb. <laughs> Numbers start with one. Well, I normally start with three, two, one. Maybe that's why I'm bad with maths. Thomas, you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much of this is getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> right, three, two, one. Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow, you didn't, you didn't even try and say that at the same time. I did. Oh well. <laughs> so you said Guardians of the Galaxy, and I said Avengers. Interesting. I am. Um, I'm quite surprised by that. Why did you put Avengers as your number five spot? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I I really like Avengers. Like like I said, all of these top fives are like my favorites. Like well. Obviously, you really like it, Seb. But that's I'm... why it's on your top five. Yeah, but it was I'm so... asking why. Why did you like it, and why did you not like it as much as the others? Well, I remember going to see it in the cinema, and there was this big hype, because there was all these characters coming together. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was like the first time this was accomplished, you know? They've all had their single films, um, and they were all coming together. And I just remember, as a kid... Just, my mind was blown. You know, I think the first trailer was at the end of uh, Captain America First Avenger, where it was just a short wee teaser. And that, that I loved it. It was great seeing Thor, Iron Man, like in the same shot. It was like mind-boggling. Um, so I think that's why it's in my top five, because it was the best... It was, it was the first film where they all came together. And I feel without that film we wouldn't have gotten the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, yeah, I agree with that, because I think, you know, because Iron Man set everything off, Yeah, people always see that as the beginning of the MCU, which, you know, obviously it was, but I think that the Avengers is where the MCU really started, because yeah. obviously by that point, you had Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, you'd solidified... Mm. Um, well, no, Don Cheadle wasn't in that one, was he? No, he wasn't. But you'd no. you'd, you'd established that all these characters coexist. Mm-hmm. There's connective tissue between them, and then moving forward, it was kind of the norm to see. Oh, Black Widow's in Captain America too. Yeah, you know, uh, there were still like teething issues, obviously. But I think that the tone of the Avengers was kind of the tone that kept throughout most of the MCU movies. <laughs> And I think that is the one that really, I don't know, solidified it as this thing. Yeah. I mean, I remember, um, I think we were having a talk about it, or we read it somewhere online. But, you know, they they planned to release, like, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, and Captain America. And if Avengers didn't work, you know, there wasn't going to be a Marvel Cinematic Universe. They were just going to stop at Avengers. And they say, look, we've got our completed Wii storyline here. Oh, well, it didn't work, but here's our full story. Um, and 
you know, obviously it did work. It was a huge success. Um, I love the action in that. You know, that final fight, just, that was amazing. Yeah, that, because um, I, I, I re-watched it recently. And it's it's funny because I remember thinking that the fight in New York was this huge battle across the entire city. And you kind of think, well, how, how did these six people fight this huge army of aliens and then going back and rewatching it you actually realize oh because there's this big emphasis on maintaining the fight in a very small area Mm -hmm. and most of the action takes place on the road to grand central station yeah um hawkeye's up on the roof near there the chrysler buildings near that area so when thor does the the bottleneck thing like it's Mm -hmm. all it's all contained in that one area which means that when the fighting's happening, you can very easily in your head know where the characters are, which yeah. is why that tracking shot that kind of links all the Avengers together works so well because you know it's already done the job of establishing where the action is at that time. Yeah, it's just it's so well done. I've got a couple of uh, like favourite moments in that film. And again, it's going back to that big fight scene. And I love how Captain America is giving all... Instructions. He's he's saying like, right, guys, you do this. He's taking charge, and I love that. You know, it's just straight from the comics. He's leading them because some might some might have wanted Iron Man to kind of lead them because he was like the big star. He was the one who started this, you know, this film franchise. But it was nice that Captain America, because at the time, I swear Captain America wasn't everyone's favorite. He was definitely mine. I loved him in First Avenger. When the Avengers came out, Thor and Captain America had come out the year before, and they were successful films. You know, they, they were, you know, critically acclaimed. People liked them um, enough for them to be very confident in the Avengers, but they did they didn't have the same appeal as um, Iron Man. Yeah. I think Iron Man was much more of a contemporary hero. He was much more kind of the cool. I guess, relatable one, because he was like the broken bad boy of the group, I suppose. And you look at Thor, who is essentially an alien, who has to learn, you know, human culture. And Captain America was the Greek two-shoes. He was the Boy Scout. He was literally a Boy Scout. Yeah. So he wasn't... It was a very empowering movie. You know, it was a very... That first Avenger is very good at being like... Anyone can do the right thing if you just believe in yourself type thing, which yeah. is, you know, what good superheroes movies are built on. But neither of them were the cool guy like Iron Man yeah. was. And in Avengers, it's very, it would have been very easy just to make Iron Man the leader. But I think, you know, Joss Whedon currently doesn't have the best opinion. A lot of bad stuff happened on that yeah. Justice League set. But which we have at mentioned. the end of the day, yeah in previous episodes, at the end of the day, the reason why they got him in for the Avengers, because originally it was supposed to be John Favreau. Oh, was it? I didn't know that. I think either when he signed on for Iron Man or it was when he signed on for Iron Man 2, he'd also signed on to do the Avengers and I think Iron Man 3. And then because Iron Man 2 was such a negative experience towards him, uh, for yeah. him, I should say, he left and they passed the thing on to... Joss Whedon. And the reason they chose Joss Whedon is because he'd shown that he was very capable at making ensemble casts work. Mm-hmm. He'd done it with Firefly, he'd done it with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was very good at taking a group of people and making them all feel relevant and important. 
Um, and I think that scene where Captain America takes charge, every character has a purpose in that final fight. Yeah. You know? Everyone is important. And that's because that's what Joss Whedon does. He's very mm. good at making those characters feel important. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest reasons why his stuff with Justice League failed is because him and Zack Snyder clearly had different reasons in their head for why these characters would be important and they try to mesh them together and it, you know, it's two people clashing. Whereas this one works so well because it's just Joss Whedon. Yeah, I mean, I keep going on about it, but like that fight was just so well organised. It was just perfect. Um, my other favourite moment was um, when Thor... And Your other favourite what? My favourite moment in the film. Are you sure you didn't say moment? <laughs> right. We know I can't speak English. <laughs> You're trying to do a bad Brooklyn accent. You, you really are. You really are. And it's just infuriating. Um, <laughs> just, just let me speak, man. Like, please. You're putting me under pressure. Um, my other favourite moment was when Iron Man and Thor had their wee fight. I thought that was really good because that was like the first time yes. you just saw these... Because you had seen Captain America and Iron Man and they had their like wee, conf- like, wee chit-chat. But that, that was pretty much it. But then you see Thor come in and Iron Man they fight. And then it's that shot with the three of them, the Trinity. And it's just, I love that because I remember reading a couple of the Trinity comics where it was get one story of Thor, one story of Captain America and one story of Iron Man. Um, and I remember collecting a few. And so seeing that on screen, that little image there, I say little image, that amazing shot, <laughs> uh, that that was just amazing. I, I loved it. And especially when Thor hits Mjolnir on Captain America's shield, perfect. That was just another great it's, moment. It's it's one of those things where, because you're right, this is the first time that a bunch of these, you know, where they've taken the franchise lead of separate franchises and put them all together in a big crossover. Yeah. I suppose the only thing that's been kind of like that beforehand is stuff like Alien vs. Predator, yeah. Freddy vs. Jason. But a lot of those films were kind of like, you know, it's just, you get the two IP and then the IP, you know, bash at each other for a couple hours. Mm. Um, and it's actually interesting if you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff for Freddy vs. Jason the actors talk about it as if it is this comic book crossover oh, it's like really? a weird it's like they could see into the future or something <laughs> but a lot of those movies were designed around okay you're going to see the alien fight the predator how cool yeah. is that going to be and the story I mean I like the story for Alien vs. Predator but clearly it was designed okay how do we get these two characters to fight Whereas in the Avengers, yeah, it's cool to see Iron Man and Thor fight, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. The story isn't built for the fight. The fight is built for the story. Yeah. It, it just works so really well. I, I also think that, um, you know, going back to what you said about that big image, mm-hmm. the aspect ratio of this film is kind of interesting. And I think a lot of people now go, oh, it's staged and filmed like a TV show, which, you know, makes sense. Just we didn't had come from TV before. Yeah. But there is something about a full image. It's why I like Aquaman and Christopher Nolan movies in like the Blu-ray releases because the IMAX shots fill the full screen yeah, you get everything. and make the image feel bigger. Mm. And it's 
the same in this. It, I mean, it, I don't think it was filmed in IMAX. I think some sequences were. I don't think the whole movie was filmed in IMAX. Yeah, I think it was like just that. little bits here and there, yeah. But that wise image, especially when they're in New York, oh, makes it feel impressive, makes it feel like there's, you know... You can see a real city being attacked by yeah. real aliens. I know there's just something about the uh, the aspect ratio of this film that I really like. No, I, I do agree. I do love a big shot, you know, when it fills the screen. So I, I totally agree with you. Agree with your point there. And I've got one more. Um, oh, I've got one more positive, and then I'll quickly run through my little problems. Um, I love how in you know you see in Iron Man two and little bits here and there in Thor and Captain America. You just see little bits of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then when you get to Avengers, it's a proper big organisation. And it's just straight out of the comics, and I love it. Like, you see Nick they, Fury, you see the helicarrier, and it's just, it's perfect. I love it. They um, they kept doing that up until, I get, well, I guess Winter Soldiers when they stop, because obviously S.H.I.E.L.D. collapses. Yeah. But I do find it interesting that you get, like, a couple of people in Iron Man, a couple more people in Iron Man 2 and Thor and stuff. And then when you get to... Um, the Avengers, uh, you see the helicarrier, and then after that, you finally see the headquarters in the Winter Soldier, mm. and then the organization collapses. Because it's like it keeps Hydra. scaling, <laughs> yeah, it keeps scaling to its biggest form, and then when you get to the very top of the organization, the entire thing collapses. Collapses um, in one go. Did you just, did you just repeat the last thing of my sentence? Yeah, I wanted to establish like a wee echo. Did that work? <laughs> I'll Fuck take... you, Seb. Let's move right. on. <laughs> I just want to say my one wee problem with it is, of course, everyone's drawn to it. You know, in their big fight, they don't have earpieces. So it looks like they're just, just talking to themselves and we have to pretend that they're all there. Yeah, and then in later, strange. And in later films, they're like, oh, God, we that's a big mistake. We're going to make sure everyone has an earpiece. So they have these little shots of them putting in the earpiece or like... You know, they want to make that crystal they, clear. I mean, there is a possibility that it was a very tiny earpiece because I'm pretty sure that there's like one shot where he um, he puts his, uh, I think Captain America puts his hand to his ear or something yeah. and there's nothing there. Yeah. But I always like to think that it's on the other side and because he's old, he doesn't know how earpieces work. Because <laughs> he's from the 40s. <laughs> yeah, my other one comment was, I'm still, this one I'm on the fence on. Um, Captain America's suit in Avengers. Hmm. <laughs> it's great until he puts the helmet on. Yeah. like it's just, I think the helmet oh. is the one. It makes his cheeks look did, like fat and puffy. Yeah. Apparently it was so tight that it would give him uh, migraines. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember reading that. So, There's like a great, I think in like Endgame, when obviously he had to wear the suit for the time travel stuff. There's a great behind the scenes clip where he's like, I can't believe I made a whole movie with this helmet on. Because it's so, like, ill-fitting around the head. I think the biggest problem is it covers the ears. Mm-hmm. Because all the other helmets, they sort of take the ear coverings off and just have it as, like, a helmet-slash-cowl type thing, which works great. Um, but, yeah, the the costume is good. But, I, you know, I like most of the costumes in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I've got a soft, Yeah, I've got a soft spot for that one, you know, with the helmet off, I mean. But, like, Black Widow's one is good. Hawkeye's one. They were clearly afraid to use the purple. Yeah. Um, Very. Anyway, 
Anyway, that's. I want to talk about my film. Yeah, so that um, was Guardians of the Galaxy. Why is that number five for you? You know what, right? This list has been a fucking nightmare to put together. It's so because, hard. <laughs> because not to sound like a fanboy, but that there are quite a lot of movies here where I'm like, well, that's that's like top tier. That's really good. You mm-hmm. know, um, I don't want to say a bunch now. I don't want to spoil the mystique of what's coming up in my list. But this is one of the ones where I felt I could have put either volume one or two in this right. spot. Because I think both of those movies are really good. Mm-hmm. And they complement each other really well. You know? It, it's interesting because they, even though uh, Guardians 1 and 2 are set like a few months apart, um, you know, they were in separate phases. So a lot of people expected, oh, there's going to be like a big time jump. But I think it's like six months between them. And, even, and then like it's like a year after Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that Infinity War comes out, yeah. but between those movies, it's like a four-year time jump, mm-hmm. which yeah. I find really strange. Like, the, you know, it's it's weird that there was a four-year gap between the first two and a six-month gap between two and Infinity War, but in the universe, the time jumps are reversed. Do you know what I mean? It is confusing. I think it all got conf- Like, people started to realise how confusing the timeline was when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, when they had that mini flashback. Yeah, I've um, I've spent a long time trying to piece together the timeline. It's you know so what, confusing. right? I, I want to do an episode where we break it down, because I think I've figured it out. Right, well, stay tuned for that episode, folks. <laughs> it's, it's, it'll be such a self-indulgent episode, because it's literally me going, look at what I put together. Here's, um, here's my little PowerPoint <laughs> slide. I'll, I'll be feeling <laughs> in the comments. I've, I literally, it was over lockdown where, you know, we've got nowhere to go, nothing to do. Well, you're not doing I it watched... right now. <laughs> like, right now. Tell us why, no, that, save that for the episode, Thomas, the other episode. <laughs> okay. Why do you okay. like Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I put this one top tier because mm-hmm. I think this was one of the first times where you felt a director's signature really bleed through the whole production you yeah because you, you look at you look at phase one mm-hmm. and you know john favreau was fairly new with movie directing um now he's very seasoned he's done a lot of the mandalorian he's done jungle mm-hmm. book he's mm-hmm. done what was it chef yeah, that little indie chef. film he did that was really good you know so like there's his specific directing style i don't think is like solidified, you know, um, not in the same way that like Christopher Nolan's or Denis Villeneuve's mm-hmm. style has, you know, they've got a very specific look. I don't think it was like that for John Favreau's Iron Man One and Iron Man Two. Um, they are very stylized, but I couldn't look at that and go, "Hey, it's the guy who directed Jungle Book," yeah. without already knowing that. Same with the other films, you know. I think. They had a bit of, like, Thor had the Shakespearean drama that Kenneth Bennett was mm. good at. Um, you know, Captain America had, like, the kind of adventuring, swashbuckling attitude of, like... Uh, National Chris treasure. Columbus. Is it Chris Columbus? No, it's not Chris Columbus. It's That's the guy who did Harry Potter. Yeah. It's not him. Th- it's, oh. a, it's the guy who did National Treasure. It's the guy who did The Rocketeer. But you what? know what I mean? All those movies have yeah. a similar vibe. 
you know, a similar feeling. Mm-hmm. I think that was there, but it wasn't like, you know, I, I wouldn't point to that and go, hey, it's the guy who did the Rocketeer. But yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, you look at that, and if I watched that and watched Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, I should say, I didn't know who directed both of them. I'd be able to go, yes, it's the same guy. Yeah. Because they've got similar senses of humor, even though one's R-rated, one isn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I also agree. think, I also think that it did quite a good job of very naturally introducing the big MacGuffin of the universe and the big bad guy. Yeah. I mean, I remember when that film came out or there were teasing it i honestly thought this was going to be marvel's first fuck up you know i thought it was going to be their first one that was like right this is a bit bad you know because it was talking raccoon i didn't know much about the comics Um, (laughs) it's a talking tree like literally uh, vin diesel has recorded many lines of him just going i am groot what the hell is (laughs) going on you know when you first see that about a film you know you start to question it so i mean uh yeah i was a bit worried about this one but you know my mind was blowing. It was great. So there. And I think I think the reason why he was allowed to put so much of his specific flair into this project is because, besides a couple pieces of exposition, this movie isn't important to the MCU. Mm. I mean, it is, but that franchise as a whole at that time, there were unknown characters. You know. Yeah, very. He, the the big Marvel fans wouldn't really know about them. It, you know, a similar situation with the Eternals now. Yeah. They're going to become a big property. Mm-hmm. But at the minute, they're not, they're not Captain America. They're not Iron Man. No. And even though until the MCU, those characters weren't that popular either, people still knew who they were because they were still the big top three Avengers in the comics. Mm-hmm. Civil War was built over the, the comic, I mean was built around the concept of these two are finally going to fight each other and all this shit. You know, because they were big deals. No one was making big fucking Guardians of the Galaxy events before 2014. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a there was a modern comic in 2008 which this pulls a lot of inspiration from. But a lot of this was designed by Gunn to kind of have that grungy, dirty feeling that the Star Wars movies have. Yeah, it's a good wee space. The 70s ones. Yeah. And I think it does a very good job of establishing it does a very good job of establishing the cosmic side of the universe. But there is one line of dialogue that always bothered me. Which part? Go for it. The, <laughs> the, there's a bit where Benicio del Toro's The Collector mm. is talking about the Infinity Stones. And I love that scene for the most part. And he's talking about how the Celestials would use them. And then there's a bit where he goes, once for a moment a group was able to channel the power of the stone, but even they were quickly consumed by it. And that is such an obvious setup for the ending where they're all going to hold hands. Yeah. And I feel like it could have been done better instead of going like, once a group of people could do a thing, but then they failed. Instead they could have just been like, for years people tried to harvest this power. But one by one, they were all killed. You know, I, that would fit. I'm not a fucking screenwriter. Well, I was but... going to say you might. You know, <laughs> why don't you tweet it to James Gunn and say, "Look, man, fan of your work. However, that bit of dialogue in that film could be a bit better." <laughs> I, I do feel like a, a lot of that was him being told you have to do this. Yeah. You know, 
Um, which is, you know, so maybe Guardians of the Galaxy 2 should take this place because I feel like that film is pure gun without being held that, back. Yeah. But I do enjoy the first one just that bit more. Can we also just praise the soundtrack? <laughs> it's just top notch. I'm pretty sure this movie is single-handedly responsible for the um, uh, the resurgence of tapes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I I couldn't I couldn't prove it. I like I don't have any numbers to back that up right now. But I reckon if you looked at um, cassette purchases, like how many people were buying cassettes before and after Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I reckon there's a significant increase after Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when they did the um, they released? Because I think they released it on cassette and they released it on vinyl, and they had the awesome mix volume one thing yeah. as the cover. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's why they called the second one volume two. Yeah, that that music is so ingrained in the story. I think more so in the second one, mm. but in the first one, it's used so well, and it's like affected how people make movies now. A lot of people like. DC with Suicide Squad mm-hmm. have okay. tried to use that. Oh, let's in, let's put songs in the movie because that makes it better. But no one's done it as good as James Gunn, I don't think. Not in the slightest. No. I mean, we talked about the their attempt in uh, Suicide Squad, how it was just random music. But yeah, it's it's James Gunn. He's got a talent for that. I also feel with that, <laughs> um, you know, soundtrack. You know, Volume One. That started a lot of people making Spotify playlists and giving it, you know, the name Volume 1 or Volume 2 and so on and so forth. I felt that started yeah. a big trend. <laughs> Definitely. And it also, pop culture resurgences came about because of that film, I believe. It did. Um, wonders. And I also, a lot of people kind of say that this scene was weak. But me personally, I love it. I love the introduction of Thanos. Okay. Explain more. <laughs> sorry, in my mind, I was trying to remember the scene. I'm like, right, found it. I was like, oh shit, we're alive. Um, explain, explain. I, I just there's something. It's well, like that scene in Empire Strikes Back, where oh yeah, that scene, the Emperor. Oh, sorry, you did, you went on to explain. Right, never mind. Continue. <laughs> what, <what's... laughs> but you know that bit where Darth Vader talks to the Emperor. Yeah, and there's a bit of that mystique of who's this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of that about it, you know. I mean, they do have the big hologram at one point as well, so I suppose that helps. But that scene where he goes to Thanos, and Ronin's a big deal. You've established that a lot of people are afraid of Ronin, that he's this loose cannon, going planet to planet, just killing anyone connected to Xandar and the mm-hmm. Novacore. And then you use him to establish the much bigger deal of Thanos in such a way where all he does is he turn he turns around in his little floaty chair and he goes, if you don't do what I've asked, I will fucking ruin you. He doesn't use and it those just... exact words, but yes, we get the <laughs> he name fucking message. Should have. Can you imagine <laughs> Thanos going, I will fucking ruin you. <laughs> He'd be terrifying. But I think because they nailed the look and that is like a first impression. I thought it was such a good taste to what's to come. Mm-hmm. And then you don't see him again, really, for like another four years. Yeah, when there's a day. I mean, he's in Age of Ultron. But, yeah, you know. yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's but... like a that scene, it makes no sense because he's wearing a different armour that he is in Infinity War. 
and it, but that must be set just before Infinity War because he, he's putting the gauntlet on, going, "Fine, I'll do it myself." It's it's weird. It, anyway, anyway, any any anything else on Guardians of the Galaxy? I think Zoe Saldana as Gamora is one of the most attractive women on this planet. Agreed. Next case, <laughs> please. <laughs> Bring is on it, the next case. Is it, weird, is it weird to find green skin attractive? Coming from you, that's something normal to hear, so... <laughs> I'm used to I'm it. I'm offended by that. I'm offended <laughs> by that. Right, let's move on. Number four. Number four, right. Let's say it at the same time again. Is there anything else we can do to make it more interesting? Um, actually say it at the same time? You know what? That sounds like a really good idea. Let's go with that. <laughs> I'll let you count it down. Right, okay. I'm going to do it my way. So three. So you're going to go after one. Three, two, one. Winter Doctor Soldier. Strange. Ooh. 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 You know what? I thought you would have this on your list. No, I do really like this one. This is the one it's where all, I It's like. also... It's, <laughs> again, you and your basic opinions. It's also heavily considered the best MCU movie. I wouldn't say it's the best. I just really like it. Well, obviously you didn't say it's the best. You put it on number four. Yeah, so take <laughs> that fucking back. <laughs> yeah, you knocked it down four paces. Good job, Seth. You're Thank really you. showing this movie what's what. <laughs> right, so. Um, uh, but one? yeah, I, I've i chosen Doctor Strange. Do you want... Because... Start, yeah, start with Doctor Strange, because that's a film... I was just going to start with Doctor Strange. I'm not I waiting for your permission, Seb. You should. This is this is my time to shine. This is... <laughs> right, right. Steady on. Steady on. Um, yeah, I'll... I'll be quick. Okay, cool. <laughs> don't, don't, stop it, Seb. I'm trying to talk. Um, yeah, I've put Doctor Strange as number four, because I know a lot of people say, oh, it's just kind of a rehash of Iron Man. Which, you know, in a way it is. They do have very similar origin stories. But what I like about this is that it's opening up the universe to a completely new area, you know. And that's what I love about the MCU. Because for years, comic book movies would be restricted to you can do one crazy thing and that's it. Which led to a bunch of uh, comic book adaptations simplifying the origins of characters because they're like... Like, for example, the original Fantastic Four movies. Mm-hmm. All the characters, in both versions, actually, in the original two movies and then the reboot, all the characters got their origins from the same incident, including Doctor Doom, which isn't how it is in the comics. In the comics, Doctor Doom is mostly magic. He's got a bit of tech, you know. He, yeah. he did go to university. He is a very intelligent person, but he knows magic. The reason why... He wears the armor and stuff and has a bunch of adventures with Doctor Strange because he has spent ages using science and magic to find a way to get his mother's soul back um, from hell. Really interesting guy, but in the movies, they were like, well, we can't have magic and science exist in the same thing, so we just make it a science accident. Whereas the MCU was like, no, 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 we can have it all. (laughs) We We will have have it all. We will have it all. We can have your regular superhero stuff on Earth, but we can go off into space and do our own space opera. We can have our own magic franchise where people learn spells and shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think Doctor Strange, one of the first movies where they went, right, let's actually go full hog. And plus, one, I think this movie's, you know, 
written pretty well. It's got some great dialogue. It's got some that death scene with the ancient one, Ooh. one of the best scenes in the MCU. I give. I go a... back and watch that scene another time. It's really good. Okay. I think it's really good. For it's like the moment where he actually becomes Doctor Strange because for a lot of it, it's him going. I just want to heal my hands. Why are you yeah. training me to fight? I don't want to become a soldier. And then when it gets to that moment, she's like, it's not about you. It's not about fixing yourself. It's about using this power to save other people. You're one of the best wizards I've ever seen. Use that to protect people. And he decides to use it to protect people. He decides to become Doctor Strange. And what's really good is that that scene where he goes, I've just killed a man. I'm not doing that again. The story isn't about him learning to just accept the fact he has to kill people because he never kills again. Mm-hmm. He stops Domamu with the time trick. In Infinity War, he doesn't kill anyone. He, he doesn't kill Thanos. He could quite easily just open a portal and kill him, but he tries to restrain him to take the gauntlet. He doesn't kill him. Same with um, Endgame. He's not out there fucking executing people. He's protecting people from the water so soldiers don't drown in the in the field or whatever. So I suppose the only other person he kills is Tony Stark, but that's because that's the only way to um, you know, save to everyone, yeah. So I find it interesting that that character trait sort of stayed with him where he decides, I've just killed a man, I'm not doing that again. And the movie doesn't go, no, 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 it's a good thing he kills people. The movie commits to that idea... Because he's a doctor, he's supposed to help people. Yeah, you know, and I what? think that's one of the better, more subtle character things in the MCU. Yeah, you know, this would be really awkward. Like that sounds lovely, what you've said there. It'd be really awkward if, in the new Doctor Strange film, he <laughs> yeah. kills someone. So this, he's like a serial killer. Comes, why do you think they've said this is a horror film? <laughs> the opening scene, he's just skinning Wong. <laughs> oh, wonder I didn't see you there. How do you like my new lampshade? <laughs> Oh, that would be so awkward. But no, that's actually oh. quite a nice wee thing you've pointed out there. Um, are you Which about- I, I, I just noticed on um, I just noticed it on a rewatch, you know, that he doesn't kill people. And I thought, wow, that's that's a really good thing that the movie isn't there going, no, He's you've got to kill people. And guy. if anything, it's the future villain going, you've got to kill people, you spineless piece of shit. Like, Mordo, I mean. Yeah. But no, I, I, I do, I will admit, though, that watching that film... It doesn't feel like a Scott Derrickson movie, I guess. Some yeah. scenes do, but because he was the director. Oh right, cool. But that could just be because the only other Scott Derrickson movie I've seen was Sinister. Oh right, I um, didn't even know that. Because uh, he he directed that. I've, I, I'd seen Sinister before Doctor Strange, which is why I was like, "Oh, cool, he's doing Doctor Strange." That's. That's going to be fun. I wonder if he's going to do like a horror type spin on it, which I assume is what he was going to do in the second one. And then when the multiverse thing took over, they switched to uh, Sam Raimi, another horror director. So I, f- I still feel there'll be that horror element there. Mm-hmm. But watching this movie, it's it's there are some little touches and hints to it. But I could just be basing Scott Derrickson's directing style on the first movie I've seen of his. He so maybe, be. yeah, maybe once I've seen more of his filmography, maybe I'll be able to see more of the Scott Derrickson flourishes. Um, Who knows? But no, I, I just, I, it's one of the, I think that's probably the movie I go back to the most. Wow. I mean, for me, like, 
I've only seen it like once or twice and it's like I'm very impartial towards it like I don't hate it nor am I rushing to go back to watch it like you are but I rem- I think I remember mentioning this to you um, just in our free time not in a podcast episode but after watching the What If episode where you get the Supreme Doctor Strange I really liked his yeah. um, I really liked the story in that and it made me want to go back and watch it again um, so now I've seen it three times and so I, <laughs> I I like it as well. I warm to it. But the first time I was like, all right, that's, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I, think, I think the first time I watched that film, I was on, um, I was on a date. Nice. It was kind of a date with an ex of mine. Oh. We'd also brought along a friend of ours who'd also wanted to see the movie. And, um, so was it a date or not? No. Well, it was originally going to be a date. And then I think... Were you friend zoned? Friend... Were you friend zoned? Were you brought? No, by no, we were, no, we were together at the time. Um, it was like a little date night thing we planned, and I, I think the friend said, "Oh, do you want to go see Doctor Strange?" And I was like, "Oh, I, I was, I'm actually seeing it in like a couple of weeks. Do you want to come with?" And she was like, "Yeah." And then because me and my ex would always argue, there's a reason she's my ex. But, um, <laughs> I remember we were sat. I think we were either in a cafe or on a train. And me and her were properly arguing. And I had this out-of-body experience where <laughs> my ex is, like, shouting at me for something incredibly trivial. And I kind of noticed that the friend there is just very quietly, like, head down, twiddling her thumbs. And I was like, why, why am I in this relationship? <laughs> and then I stayed in it for another four months. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to make, like, a reconnection with Doctor Strange where he escapes his physical body. And just looks at the scene happening in front of him. But no, you just... <laughs> was, I, I had an astral projection where I realised I was in an, uh, in an unhappy relationship. And then I stuck in that unhappy relationship for another four months. You know what? It happens, <laughs> happens to the best of us. Don't worry. It happens to <laughs> I had this moment of clarity and went, ah, probably all right though, won't it? <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'll put a pin in it and I'll come back later. I'll, come back. <laughs> I'll see how I feel in a few months. Oh, no. I was right the first time. I was right the first time. Oh, well. Better late than ever. So you picked The Winter Soldier. Why did. did you pick The Winter Soldier? Uh, because I'm a basic bitch. No. Um, that is correct. I really like the Captain America films. I think he's one of my favourite uh, characters in the uh, universe. He's, I think he's he might be my favourite character. You should, I, I really like him. And I just liked it as well because I was a huge fan of his first appearance in First Avenger. And it was really upsetting to hear people go, oh, you know, I was kind of a weak one. I'm not a big fan of Captain America. And I'm just sitting there going like, what do you mean? He's amazing. <laughs> um, and so it was lovely to see a really good sequel. And then everyone going, actually, you know what? He, he's kind of badass. And I was like, that's what I told you. That's what I told you at the very beginning. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of glad that this film, you know, got people to join the Captain America fan club. Um, yeah, because... I think the first movie does a good job of kind of depoliticizing Captain America. Yeah. Um, because obviously, it, it's quite a risk having a movie titled Captain America. Like, is it just going to be American propaganda of this guy going to different countries, going, America's awesome? Mm-hmm. And the first one stayed away from that a lot. And then the second movie did a very good job of, after depoliticizing him, bring him into the modern day. Oh, you yeah. Know, so, in. Which is probably a good reason why you have S.H.I.E.L.D. there, because it isn't just him working for the American government. It's him working for, like, a fictional government that 
is represented by the entire world, which furthers the the depoliticization. Have I said that right? I don't know. Keep going. (laughs) So it furthers that idea of him not just being an American hero, even Mm -hmm. though he is an American hero. But it's also good because the the fighting style they give him is a lot more contemporary. That sequence on the ship... Oh yeah, I fantastic. I remember watching. I think it was a Screen Junkies episode where they brought in the Russo brothers and they were commenting on the honest trailer that they made, and they made a comment about you know how he they made a joke saying he he never skips leg day, and as you see him just like kicking <laughs> everyone and like pushing that guy off the boat. He's like a fucking, he's like a cannonball. Honestly, he just tears through them. But I think he's so fucking cool. That shot and the directors were talking about it in the episode. Like they wanted to show that. This is a this is a very different Captain America, not the one you saw in the previous one. We want to show the audience straight off that this is a, it's a different guy. So what did they and do? They kick a guy off a boat. <laughs> they they did a fantastic job of making his punches feel powerful. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love. I think there's a bit where he holds his shield up and then punches the shield to knock a guy out. Oh I'm yeah, I'm sure that's in this movie. Oh, it could be. And it's like. You didn't need to do that. You could have just punched him. But the fact you had the extra layer of, I'm mm. going to punch you through my vibranium yeah. shield. <laughs> what a dick perfect. move. I mean, that opening but, scene on the boat was fantastic. I also love his suit in that. His suit there. Same. So good. That and, suit is so good that it became the default template for the remainder of his suits. Yeah. Because his, his, the other suits are just that same design. But just different colors. With the color. red added yeah. in or, you know, that stuff. Um What's interesting about that suit is the reason he gets rid of it and doesn't wear it for the rest of the I movie. I love this detail. Love it. That Yeah, and I like to think it still happened. There was going to be a scene after he escapes from the Triskelion where Hawkeye is sent after him. Mm-hmm. And Hawkeye was going to fight him, overpower him, pin him down. Don't know how he was going to do that. I guess trick arrows, who knows. He was going to pin him down and then he was going to whisper the suits bugged you're being tracked. And then he was going to let Captain America beat him. Captain America would then go, oh, I need to get rid of the suit. Ditches the suit, and then that's why he doesn't go back to it for the rest of the movie, is because that suit had a tracker in it, which all makes sense. And it's such a shame that I think he was filming Bond Legacy at the time. Oh, yeah. So they couldn't bring him in to film it, so they just cut the scene out. That would have been But that's great. why at the end, he goes for the World War II suit, not the uh, the Navy suit. Yeah. Um, I'll- that's but that would be data, and it would have been nice because you don't see Hawkeye between Avengers and Avengers Two. I was going to say, yeah, it'd be a nice way. It of would have been nice to have in that. Yeah. Plus, it's a scene where he overpowers Captain America. How cool would that be? That'd be amazing. Ten out of ten. And I th- and I think they they repurposed that idea for Infinity War, not Infinity War, sorry, for Civil War, when he overpowers Vision, mm-hmm. or at least tries to overpower Vision, but. Um, Anyway, I just I just think that's a fun detail for in, it's, uh, it's, it's a really nice one. Um, another reason why I like this film, and I think again, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe, I think this was like the first film where you could see like different genres um, appearing because at this time, you know, I I I'd actually I disagree with that. I don't think it's the first time you've seen different genres because if you look at like the first Captain America movie, that's a war movie. Okay, you got me there. Um, but you know, you, know you, have a, you, you have like a monster movie with the Incredible Hulk you have a war movie with um, the first Avenger you have a Shakespearean drama with Thor what I will say is 
after the Avengers, you had Thor and Iron Man 3. And I think both of those maybe tonally felt similar or whatever. Captain America felt very different to them. Yeah, it was more like... I think that was one of the things where once the Avengers had established the MCU as this big deal, after people started following the franchise more and it got to Winter Soldier, that was one of the first genre switches, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Like, I just really liked how it... In this film, it was more like a spy thriller, and it worked really well, you know. Um, and I, I saw, I saw. I think it's Patrick Willems did a video where he was like, "Oh, people say Winter Soldier is a political thriller, but it's not." He just discovers that you know the secret agency he was working for was a different secret agency. Mm. He finds out he's the, he finds out who's got a fight, and he goes and fights them. And I'm like, that's such an oversimplification of that plot, because you could essentially boil down any spy thriller to that basic premise, you know? All the Bond films, oh, he discovers Spectre's a thing, so he goes and fights Spectre. Yeah. But I don't think people actually give credit that this ser- this film changed the power dynamic where it put the Avengers as the top power force. Because before it was S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and then the when S.H.I.E.L.D. collapsed, yeah. yeah, they were replaced by the Avengers. And people, I think so many people forget that because a lot of people look at these movies very surface level and go, well, a helicarrier was in Age of Ultron, so that means S.H.I.E.L.D.'s back. And it's like, no, No. (laughs) that's like a swan song of this dysfunct organization. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say that even though I don't think it's technically canon um, in the main universe, they're probably going to say that it's in a separate timeline or something, but... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., their tie-in episodes to this movie were really good. Never saw them. Um, Because season one was probably the season that was most linked to the films because the films coming out at the time were set on Earth. Um, And there was a bunch of other ones that when when they came out, the show had either ended or, you know, whatever. Um, Like the season had ended, I mean. Mm -hmm. But Thor... 2 and Captain America 2 both came out while the show was on air. So they had tie-in episodes. The Thor one wasn't that good. They find like a berserker staff. It's a whole thing. But the Captain America 2 ones are really good because you def- you find out that one of the members of the team is a Hydra agent. Nice. I like that. This was back when there was actual communication between the TV departments and the movie departments. And... They find out, oh shit, this guy's working for Hydra. You see the collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the agent's perspectives. It's really well done. That changed the, you know, the kind of trajectory of that show. Because up until then, it had just been a lot of Miranda-ing, waiting for stuff to happen. And then when the twist, the Hydra twist happened, people were like, right, go time. Let's actually do some fun stuff. Yeah. I'd watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., man. I, you know what? If I have the time, I will. There's so many other things I need to finish. You know? To be honest, right? Up until season five, that show works as being canon. Well, guess I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> it's on the <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think it'll be canon. They'll have to address its canonicity at some point. But yeah. up until now, I don't think it's considered canon. No. Um, another... I, I just want to mention it. Don't go into too detail because everyone just talks about it. It's a popular opinion. But that Winter Soldier Captain America fight scene, 
I'm just going to say it, and everyone knows what I mean. Isn't it funny that that fight scene when he's in like his civvies and it's on the bridge mm. is more memorable than the final fight on the helicarrier? Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> that I don't, I never remember the fight they have. I just remember the bit where he's like, "You're my mission." You know, that's that's the yeah, important part of that like, scene. I'm... But the fight, I have no recollection of it. No, <laughs> it's very bland. But that one in the bridge and the in the city. It's the knife flip, right? Oh, it's so good. It's so such, good. It's such a fucking... Uh, what's the word? What's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, iconic, there we go. It's such an iconic knife flip that when Taskmaster replicates it in Black Widow, yeah. everyone goes, oh, that's the Winter Soldier knife flip. <laughs> it's just such a small one. I mean, you said oh. um, the ancient one dying is your go-to scene that you keep on rewatching. That fight scene is one that I keep on going back to. <laughs> Right. I watch a woman die, you watch a man flip a knife. We've got very different interests. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, let's do the uh, let's do the next one. Right, you know what? I'm actually scared with my top three. I feel you're gonna judge You're me. Scared with your top three. I'm not not scared just like I'm gonna get judged. <laughs> I well let's see, let's see. I'm gonna I'll count it down this time. Okay. Can I, first, can I just first say, this was a very hard list. <laughs> right. Three, two, no sympathy from me. One, Captain Infinity America Civil War. War. <gasps> <gasps> I'm quite... Oh. I've got some thoughts on that. Um, oh, this is... All right. Oh, I'm... Okay. So, mm-hmm. why did you put Infinity War third? Like I said, this was a very tough homework task and i love these films i love them all but my god this was hard infinity war i (laughs) can i just say i really like this film it's not like they're bad it's just so hard organizing them i really like infinity war it was a fantastic you know film it was so good they brought all the characters that were established into one massive film. it sounds like i've got a gun pointed at your head <laughs> it literally can i ask are my family safe are they, are they... <laughs> can i speak to them yeah no no okay i'll keep we'll see how the rest of the podcast goes thanks man um but no it was just great all these characters coming together why is it not number one because <sighs> it's a tough one i've got my reasons for it because i don't I don't. Uh, it's a really good. Can I change mine? No, I've already. I've already <laughs> you, you want to change it? <laughs> it's so hard. It's so buckled hard. under the slightest pressure. <laughs> no, like no, 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 no. I'm happy with my number one. Um, but with my number, like Infinity War, it's good. I love it. It's amazing. It's a proper Avengers film. They all come together. It's something out of the comics. It's just not number one. It's so hard to explain. But I'm, I'm, I um. You talk about why you I'm gonna... like Civil War. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about that one. I'll talk. See, I remember when they announced it. It was at this random press event on like a Tuesday afternoon in 2015. Mm. It was before Age of Ultron came out. I think they'd skipped Comic Con and they just hosted their own event. It wasn't D23 or anything like that. It was just a little presentation they did for Phase Three. And they originally announced it as Captain America, the Serpent Society. Yep, yep, I remember this. And then they release a clip clip of Age of Ultron and Tony Stark and Steve Rogers are fighting. 
And then Kevin Feige does a little bit going, huh, that's actually a really good clip. It makes me wondering about that Serpent Society thing. And about a week prior, it had been leaked that Civil War was going to be the next Captain America movie. And then they obviously knew that, and they were playing with it, because he goes, huh. And then everyone goes, wait a minute, oh my god, they're doing it. And then it revealed the big Civil War logo, and everyone fucking freaks out. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, they're doing Civil War, but hang on. If it's a Captain America movie, are we going to get, like, a... Is it going to be solely, hey, Captain America's the good guy? And Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is the villain? I thought it was going to be a very one-sided thing. But what this movie does really well is it has a lot of great scenes where people just talk about the accords mm-hmm. it has several sequences scene. where people just sit around and they talk about whether or not this is a good idea and at the same time daredevil season two came out oh, did and it? they had a very oh, yeah it was 2016 um charlie cox played daredevil like four years in a row 2015 for season one, season two was in 2016, The Defenders was in 2017, and then 2018, at the very end of 2018, season three came out. Um, but yeah, anyway, unimportant. <laughs> uh, but season two had the uh, had a similar scene where Punisher and Daredevil just talk about their different attitudes towards crime. Yeah, fighting. yeah. And it was one of those times where I remember thinking, wow, comic book movies are really growing up. They've taken a step back in some places. You know, not naming names. Dark Phoenix. Um, but I think... <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> but I think um, that scene where it's literally just all the Avengers sat in a room and they've all got their own points of view. They all And because you've grown with these characters, you, yeah. all, you understand all of their points of view. You know, so when Black Widow says something like, hey, maybe, maybe Tony's right, you feel the same way the characters do, where the character's like, hold up, what do you mean? What yeah. do you mean you think that? Because you know her as a character. And one of the big failings of the similar movie, Batman vs. Superman, is they never have that scene where Batman and Superman just talk. Yeah, it's just like straight to fist fighting, you know? It's straight to fighting. It's very purposely designed so that they don't have a conversation. And then even after they've kind of, you know, reached an amicable relationship with the but oh hang on maybe i was being a dick they still don't have a conversation yeah and that's one of the things i like about this i mean the the airport sequence that fight sequence is fantastic fantastic. 10 out of 10 love it the um the character matchups and the stuff because this this movie introduces two new characters it introduces spider-man and black panther Mm -hmm. um and it is the first time ant-man meets the rest of the universe. Yeah. So they throw in a bunch of new guys straight away. But it works. It works you know? beautifully. I love that. The, um, there's little things in that movie, like how the names of locations would take up the full screen. Yes. And when you see it a, a couple times, it's a strange choice because you're like, why, why does Berlin have to fill up the whole screen? But it's done so that when... They introduce Spider-Man, and Black Widow goes, my plan's downstairs, where's yours? And Iron Man goes, you know, it it, it cuts to Queens, you go, oh my god, Spider-Man. And it's such a very good, here's the setup of a little thing that you will have noticed, and here's the payoff for it. You know, that Queens thing is done, you know, the big titles are done, so that, you know, it establishes Spider-Man. 
I think his suit is good in that movie. I think it's great. Um, I think Black Panther's suit is really good. I think his character is really good. Mm-hmm. He's got quite a a good emotional story. Yeah. It was one of those... It's one of the little kind of... A, a, little annoying things that happen when a, a comic is adapted into a film. You know... And it's it's weird that it's happened around the same character twice because in Age of Ultron, it's Ultron who cuts off Ulysses Claw's arm, not Black Panther or anyone from Wakanda. It's Ultron, and then again in this movie, it's not Ulysses Claw who kills T'Chaka. It's a random terrorist. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's just so it's one of those things where that that relationship kind of gets like severed a bit, but then in Black Panther, they do a good job of being like. Oh, your dad knew this guy. Don't worry. And then Ulysses Claw, when he gets arrested by Black Panther, he gets attacked by him. He goes, "You look just like your dad." And then he starts shooting him. They they do a good job of kind of mending that retcon in it. Yeah. But I I think his storyline of I want to kill the Winter Soldier because he killed my dad, realizing that because he was so blinded by hate, he didn't actually look into the the truth of the situation, and then him coming to peace with that. And instead of killing Zemo, just arresting him, I think that leads on really well to his story in Black Panther, where he has to become king. Yeah, good reconnection, setting up. So this movie sets up a lot of stuff that then leads on into the future, while also telling its own story. Mm. And it doesn't do it in a fast way. It feels very natural, and it feels like it's telling these little vignettes of these characters that then other projects take and build off from. Which I think... What the fuck was that? What? You just dropped something. Gonna be my chair. <laughs> Stop making fucking noises, <laughs> sir. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's there is. There's one thing I don't like about this film. Oh, what? I'm a why? Uh, it's a tiny thing, but one of the post-credit scenes is that weird signal light. In uh, Peter Parker's web shooter, it's in the post credit scene, and it like shines a spider oh, yeah, signal yeah, yeah, yeah. onto the roof that then never comes up again. That that we know of, it might come ag- up again in Far From Home. And I I I no way home. I highly doubt it. I guess it was a setup for the fact that his suit was going to have a bunch of tech, because Homecoming, you know, his suit does have, like, all these different types of web shooters and stuff, but that specific signal never turns up again, and it's weird to put that in a post-credit scene. You're really pulling teeth here, man, like... I don't know, it's, it's just, p- it's, one of those, it's one of those things where every time I watch it and I watch that scene, I wonder, what was the point of that? Well, where, you know? when, when would you see him use that again? Well, that's the thing, like, if it isn't something that is important later on later on why have a teaser for it it's a, i think it's just to show that he's coming back and he's he's back he's back but you and... could have done anything in that scene you could have done because it just not every post credit scene has to set something up that shawarma yeah. scene at the end of that, avengers what, what that set up? that's what i'm saying you don't have to set things up in the scene but the fact that you know he shines the signal and it focuses you know like frames the signal and it has like a big swell of music it's implied oh he's going to use this for something that's going to be important and then they don't bring it up again 
It's maybe, weird. Maybe he was channeling his inner Batman. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you have any more thoughts about Infinity War? No, I really do. Like, I feel that you've placed it higher up. I think you've put this at your number one. Hey, hey, who who knows if I've put this on my list? I'm you, not saying yeah. anything. Because you, you, you did ask <laughs> me. Not. You did ask me, why is it your number three and not your number one? That signifies that's your number one. Hey, Colin. you don't know anything about me, Seb. I do. I know a lot. <laughs> Too much, I like to think. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I do really, really like it. I just... It was a tough list, man. I was really struggling. <laughs> like, I love um, Captain America in this. You know, he's basically nomad. You know, he's he's giving up on the Captain America mantle. Um, I'm so glad they didn't go with the nomad costume. Yeah, because that looks ridiculous. <laughs> the <laughs> really big open terrible. V-neck. <laughs> oh my god, that would generally be oh. terrible. I also loved how they shot in Edinburgh. That was great. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I thought that was great. Um, Although it does, it always annoys me that for that title card, they say uh, Scotland, yeah, not Edinburgh. I think that was done because they were they were trying to obviously. The, I don't think the city of Wakanda, the capital city, has a name. No, um, they just say Wakanda. So clearly, they were like, well, because that doesn't have a name, or at least maybe it does, and I've completely forgotten. Mm. But I think they just call that city Wakanda, even though it's yeah. only the capital, Wakanda's bigger. Mm. So because they were using Wakanda for that location, they were like, well, thematically, we should keep it the same for the others. And I think it works for, like, space, for example. Yeah. I always find that title card funny. That is very but when funny. you're in, like, an actual city and you don't name the city, mm-hmm. like, do they, cause do they say New York when they go to New York? Or does New York not have a title card? New York doesn't have a... No, it doesn't. It doesn't like come up saying America, does it? It might have said New York. I can see it. I remember they put New York they, for Endgame, but I don't know. Because if they people. call it New York, they should call Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Well, we'll tweet to to the Russo brothers and tell them our annoyance. <laughs> you go back and change that Just film. change it. We're very annoyed. <laughs> and, and then every Blu-ray DVD that's sold, you've got to recall them all. Correct it and record then send it all. back out. Recall them all. Like recall, you know when you recall a product? Oh, recall. I thought you said like record. I thought you were trying to say record. I was very confused. But then again... <laughs> you thought I just couldn't speak. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a trope that I have. I was just hoping you shared the same issue. But you, you don't. were hoping that I was as fucking stupid as you. Well, this is just getting mean. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just came out of nowhere, man. No, um, another thing. <laughs> another thing I really like about this film it's like a proper Thanos story. You know, we get to see yeah. the character in depth. We see his motives, and you start to realize, you know, he's got a point. You know, you can see his reasoning. You know, um, I wonder. Do you think if they'd have called this movie Thanos Infinity Quest, do you think it would work the same? No, I prefer our other discussion by literally just calling it Infinity War instead of Avengers Infinity War, not Thanos' quest. Well, because that was, that was the, I think it was the comic, I don't know if it was like a specific oh, right. prelude, but the miniseries before, um, before I think, I can't remember which, I think it was Infinity Gauntlet was the first one. 
because there was Infinity Gauntlet and then Infinity War was the sequel to Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, and before that, you had the Thanos quest, where basically Thanos would go to each elder of the universe and challenge them for the Infinity Stone. And then he would use the stone he'd acquired previously to defeat the next elder of the universe, which is something they carry over into this film where every time he gets a new stone, he uses the previous one. Um, so yeah, that was called Thanos Quest. I, and like I wonder it, if they no. could have. No. I suppose if you were going to call this movie Thanos Infinity Quest, you would need to frame him as the main character. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I stopped listening because I don't like the idea. Wow, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like the idea. Um, much, I prefer, you know, we've had our discussions going like they should have got rid of the Avengers and call it Infinity War, you know? Because it's not really. I see, what, I, I see why they didn't. Because in Endgame, you know, it it is an Avengers movie because it's the first time you get Avengers Assemble. It's following the Avengers team. This movie feels less like an Avengers movie and more like an event comic. Like an actual miniseries, like a six-part, eight-part, whatever, limited event. And... I think naming it Infinity War without the Avengers branding would have been risky at the time. But I do think now, I think Avengers 5, maybe it would still get called Avengers 5, but I wouldn't be surprised if, say, they do Secret Wars, they just call it Secret Wars. Yeah. Because they're testing that out on Disney Plus with Secret Invasion and Armor Wars just being called Secret Invasion and Armor Wars. Yeah, Armor it flows Wars. better, because that's what it was called in the comics. Exactly, you know. I think calling it something like Nick Fury's Secret Invasion would have been a bit clunkier well, than just yeah. Secret Invasion. Exactly. Um, another thing I really liked about Infinity War, the Spider-Man costume, the Iron Spider. Perfect. He had his four, you know, tentacles. I mean, not tentacles. Legs. I I arms. think it. I think it looked better in Homecoming. Really? Because I I think okay. in Homecoming, the blue is more black. And I think when they got to Infinity War, they were like, well, Spider-Man, his colours are red and blue. We should keep it blue. So they make it more like a dark metallic blue. And I think when you have the red, the gold, and the blue all mixing in, I think it looks a little too busy, which is why I prefer the suit that's going to be in Homecoming. Sorry, I did what you did before. Um, I think the suit that's going to be in No Way Home, where go. it's the same suit but with the solid gold. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think that that looks a little cleaner, a little, a little tidier. I'm um, just, I still like it. I, I, I just I, think I'm, it, I'm just glad they brought the Iron Spider into the films. You know, it's great. I I like it, but it isn't the proper Iron Spider. Oh, it's not the proper one, but they, it's a version of it. It's a version, and I do like that version. I mean, um, if you really want to pull teeth, you know. Technically, we do see the Iron Spider in Spider-Man. Oh, in, in Far, Far From, from Home. Home. Yeah. The, the very hologram. Brief, very briefly. <laughs> so technically, what, we've got two versions. We also see, I think it's like the, the superior spider suit and the armored spider I, suit. Yeah, and I'm like, one. don't yeah. just give me a hologram, man. I want to see the real I thing. See it all. Uh, I want a thousand Spider-Man suits. I want every you... Spider-Man suit that's ever been put in comics in live action. Did you ever watch the Spider-Man cartoon in like the nineties? And it was oh fuck yeah, where well, they did uh, the Spider-Verse thing. Oh, they got the armored guy. Oh, oh, that was great. Do you think they'll do that in No Way Home? And um, yeah, No Way Home. I I said it. Right <laughs> you got it right that time. 
but, but I doubted myself. So you went to correct yourself. Oh my god. Um, I really I, hope they I'd do. I hope that. so. And Madam Web. Oh. Put it this way: if we don't get Andrew Garfield and Tom McGuire in No Way Home, this is when Marvel the very dies. Least, <laughs> at, the, at the very least, I want to see different versions of Tom Holland in different Spider-Man yeah. suits from the comics. That would make me happy. I would. It wouldn't make me as happy as seeing other Spider-Man. Oh no. But if it was like Tom Holland and he's got like the armored suit on or the one where he's like a spider person, you know, when he's got oh, like yeah. the spider yeah, arms yeah. and shit. Um, I used to love that cartoon, man. Oh, I was but so anyway, good. I don't get a sidetrack. We'll um, do an episode about that cartoon. Oh, yeah, we should. Um, I'm just trying to think, is there anything else I'm going to say about Infinity War? It's a good film. I love it. I remember Maybe, maybe you'll have a chance later on to talk about oh, it. Oh, it's your number one. It's, I didn't say that. Right, I didn't um, say that. Can, before we move on to one and two, I just like to say I'm still having second thoughts. I really want to change them, but then at the same time, I don't because you call me a basic Marvel fan and I want to prove that I'm not. <laughs> put, put it, put it in the honourable mentions. What my top two? Oh no! If there's any others that you want to. Oh no! It's like I've got one and two written oh, there. Oh, you, you want to move at, them around? I'm, I'm looking see, at them. I'm really scared. Oh, I don't know what well, I'm gonna do. Well, you got to decide because I'm going to count down for the second one. You ready? Three. No, I don't know what to say. Two. One. The Avengers. Oh. I thought, I, I knew you had Civil War somewhere on your list. I thought it was going to be your number one. Um, but can, yeah. Can I, can I tell you a funny Would, story? Go on then. Always. I always want to hear a funny story. Do you know what I've written down as my number one? Are you Are you just going to reveal it now? No, it was originally Civil War, but then I changed it. <laughs> oh, you changed it last minute. I fucking... I knew it. I called it. Uh, I changed yeah, it last minute. Um, Civil War oh, is my... Oh, wait a minute. Is... Wait a minute. Oh, now I'm a basic... Oh, never mind. Carry on. I've said it now. I've said it now. <laughs> I've said it now. Let's keep going. Uh, so yeah, the Avengers is my number one, and what was it? What you put it at your number five? I put it at my number five. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm I might be at risk of repeating myself here. You you are going to repeat yourself. You we we had okay. an entire conversation about it. What what I will say, which I don't think I mentioned before, is I would be interested to see what the version of the movie with Ant-Man and the Wasp in would look like. Because, obviously, those characters were yeah, the original the, yeah, founding members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, apparently, I don't know if Ant-Man was going to be involved, but part of the script was going to include uh, the Wasp, and it was going to be the Janet Van Dyne version. And... I think Joss Whedon wanted to cast Zoe Deschanel as the Wasp. Oh, I think the only reason why it wasn't included was because Edgar Wright was still working on his Ant-Man movie at the time. Oh, yeah. I think a big part of that movie, that the reason why he ended up walking away from the project, is because he wanted it to be a very standalone, self-contained film. And I guess that just clashed with, obviously, what the Marvel Studios were doing, where they wanted everything to be part of the same shared universe. Mm. And I suppose the stories that, or the story that Edgar Wright had in mind wouldn't line up with what Joss Whedon wanted to do with the Avengers. Because I think the idea of Hank Pym being this older guy 
was an Edgar Wright thing. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if it hadn't been for Edgar Wright, the main Ant-Man in the universe would have been Hank Pym. Um, and I guess he just pushed for it to be like, oh no, he's the original and whatever. So I guess if you had an older Hank Pym, that wouldn't mesh with a young Janet Van Dyne who's supposed to be his wife. So then instead of aging her up, I guess Joss Whedon just got rid of her entirely. Yeah, but no, I do agree that it would have been cool to see Ant-Man in the original. I think that's actually a cool point that we didn't mention. I I think that is why I like the murder mystery episode of What If. Yeah. Episode 2. Because, I guess, spoilers for anyone who's not seen it. Spoilers! Um, It was fun seeing him interact with these Avengers characters as kind of like an original member almost. Yeah. I mean, he's killing them off and he doesn't really have any (laughs) screen time with them. But it takes that character and reinserts it. it. Yeah, it counts. Because it's taking that character and reinserting him in a time period when the Avengers are just starting to surface and fall. Yeah. But yet the the other thing I want to mention is I always found it weird that apparently back in the day, in the very, very long time ago of in the 2012, galaxy, far, far away, that uh, we were going to get the Oscorp Tower <gasps> in the Avengers skyline. <gasps> that would have been amazing. Which... Would have been really cool, but it would have also, you know, in terms of continuity, been very strange because that would mean that the Avengers either existed before New York was attacked by the Lizard and he tried to turn any, everyone into lizards, or it existed after, meaning Spider Man existed during the time of the Avengers and didn't help. I'm kind of glad they didn't include it, because this is too confusing for me. Exactly. It would have been one of those things that everyone everyone would have been like, oh, cool, Oscorp Tower. Hang on, where was Spider-Man then? (laughs) You know, it would have raised a lot of questions. So they made made the wise decision not to do that. Very good stuff. It's like like when Doctor Strange got added, and people went, where were the wizards during New York? And then in Endgame, they were like, look, that's where the wizards were during New York. Happy now? Fuck off. There was one on a roof... Killing any that got near him. And it was only just the one. One person. (laughs) It was just the one. It was the ancient one, wasn't it? The ancient one was the ancient one. The ancient one just, uh, like, I guess that one's got a bit too close. I'll kill them. Yeah. But all the others downtown? Nah, fuck them. I'm not going to bother with them. Go on. Why do you like Civil War? Oh, I love Civil War. First of all, uh, this the Civil War comic book was the first comic book I ever got and read. And it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, I loved the story. I loved the images. I loved the art. I thought it was amazing. So when they said... Surely, images and art are the same thing. Oh, can you just fuck off? (laughs) (laughs) Can you literally just let me speak? (laughs) I'm sorry, Seb. I'm sorry. You you, you triggered me there. Um... (laughs) We just fuck off. (laughs) Um, But no... um... So when they said they were going to do a film, like the Civil War film, I was, I was, oh, I was super excited. And when they released that trailer, I think it was the second trailer, when they showed... Oh, Spider-Man. Oh my God, I watched that clip like about 20 times. I thought it was, <laughs> you know, no, no joke, you know when seriously. People, <laughs> you know when people ask themselves, where were you when 9-11 happened? I ask, where were you when Spider-Man was introduced? <laughs> Where were you when Spider-Man came into the MCU? You know what? I have an answer for that. I I had just come home from school. 
and I was doing some Spanish homework and then the trailer dropped and I was like, I have to message all my friends. They didn't care, but I was messaging, <laughs> I messaged everyone and I watched it over and over again uh, so much that I forgot to do the Spanish homework and I got a letter home for not doing the Spanish homework. <laughs> See, I, I had a similar thing where I, I got home from school and um, I'd heard, obviously, that he'd that they'd signed this deal and he was going to be in Civil War, whatever. But it was all, like, dead up in the air, and I thought, yeah. oh, you know, I, I, I think it was like, oh, Asa Butterfield's going to be cast and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't really that. like him in Ender's Game, but yeah. whatever. You know, I was... He's great in sex education, though. Oh, he's great. Oh, and by the so, way, Otis and Ruby, all the way. <laughs> Side note. Team Ruby. Um... But yeah, it was it was one of those things where like I was like, because it was before I was so embedded in geek news, yeah. I was a little behind. I didn't know that he was going to be in Civil War. I don't think I thought he was being cast for like an Avengers or whatever. And then the trailer drops, and that bit where he lands, he's got oh, the shield. Oh, it's so good! Genius marketing because if that image gets like thrown around Twitter and Instagram, people see that and go. Oh, he's in the MCU because he's got the Captain America. It's shield. the perfect thing. I love it. It's just Genius. perfect. Um, also, just like how I love how that they have the right to Spider Man. It's like right, we're gonna show why Spider Man belongs in the MCU. And in the comics, you see him, you know, flying with Iron Man and stuff like that. And this one shot—I don't think anyone cares about it—but it was that one shot where he saves War Machine, and War Machine's flying and like. A thing to face Ant-Man and then Spider-Man's just got his web and swinging behind him straight it's out so of the comics cool. straight out of the comics and I was it's just like so fucking cool <laughs> but um yeah that, that airport sequence 10 out of 10 because uh, this is the thing right this this is one of those people go oh it goes against everything Iron Man's fighting for in that movie because Iron Man wants to avenge the death of this kid he feels guilty that a kid died because of them, because mm-hmm. he created Ultron. Why would he then bring this kid to Germany to fight for him? Which I think is ridiculous, because he's fighting colleagues and friends. Yeah, it's not like... It's not an yeah. actual fight. It's it's a, They're not fighting to kill, they're fighting to restrain. And he tells Peter... Go for the legs. Yeah, go for the legs, keep your distance. That's what he says, keep your distance, whip them up. Mm-hmm. And then in the second, like in Homecoming, um, Tony Stark says, look, if Captain America really wanted to take you out, you'd have been done. Yeah. Like, you that wasn't a serious fight. Yeah. So I don't think it goes against everything. I think, if anything, that furthers his arc. Because with feeling guilt with this kid, who was really smart, had a, was going places, I think that triggered something parental in him. Mm-hmm. So when he, because he's clearly been keeping an eye on people with superpowers in that universe that's how he knows who he is but i think that moment where the woman's like you killed my son is what triggers him to take on board this young kid mentor him give him give him a suit that can protect him yeah you know give him all this stuff a suit as a parachute all this crap you know upgrade the kid and then um that leads on to him wanting to have his own child. Yeah. You know, Morgan Stark with uh, with Pepper. I think that moment, in, you know, when he takes on board Peter Parker, I think that is what changes Tony Stark's arc from 
I want to protect the whole world to I want to protect my world. Yeah, that's really and nice. All the mo- yeah, and all the most important people in his life end up getting wrapped in a suit of armour by Endgame. Rhodey, Pepper Potts and uh, Peter Parker. So I, I think that movie and his decision to recruit Spider-Man is actually more important and makes more sense than people give it credit for. Uh, just to quote uh, George Lucas, it's, it's like poetry. It, it all rhymes. You quote you, you him wrong. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Good damn it. Uh, what I was going to say is, you quoted him wrong. Because uh, he, say, he, he doesn't say... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. Go on. Say it. it the exact line is, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Oh, you can... Right. I know um, because I've got it tattooed on my ass cheeks. Of course you do. I've You're got the... the first part of the sentence on one cheek and the second part of the sentence on the other. <laughs> and if you spread them, oh I've my... got George Lucas's face in the hole. That's. Uh... <laughs> I genuinely don't know if we can keep that in. <laughs> should probably cut that out. <laughs> um, we really should. That's so bad. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, no, no, this no, is no. the thing, right? I want to say my first. We, do, we both froze like deer in headlights. <laughs> I'll quickly say. Um, this was uh, one of the films that I went... It was one of my first... Yes, it was my first triple bill. Where I saw First Avengers, uh, Winter Soldier, and then Cap- uh, Captain America Civil War. Um, and that was fantastic. Uh, so I think that's why uh, I was struggling to put that either one or two. Originally, on my sheet of paper, it's one... Kind of wish it was, but it's too late now, so it's now at number two. So I am a basic Marvel fan. So, um, yeah. I well, just... just quickly before we move on to our honourable mentions, what I do want to say is I think it's really fascinating that you could strip away a lot of the MCU if you wanted to fast track it. But I think, you know, if you just want to sit to the Avengers movies, I think Civil War is like the perfect midpoint to a three-arc story yeah. with, um, you know, specifically around Iron Man and Captain America because they're the two main guys of this universe. If you watch it chronologically, Captain America's the first one. Yeah. Um, so a lot of this is kind of his story as well as a lot of it being Iron Man's. And I think what's interesting about Civil War is that they, it, it changes both of their stories where Iron Man starts off very... He goes against the government, he does his own thing, doesn't trust the government, he's, he's irresponsible and all that stuff, and then he becomes more responsible and a little more authoritarian, which comes about in this, as well as, like I said before, he stops being like, I need to fucking protect the entire planet to I'm going to protect the most important people in my life. Captain America, his story arc comes to head in this... Um, I was going to say episode. I suppose it's an episode. The MCU is the world's longest running TV show. Literally. Um, uh, most expensive, I should say. Um, but this, uh, I think this movie is really important because you see him in First Avenger and The Avengers that he's very much, you do your job, you, you trust in your government and your government are there to protect you. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of when a soldier, Age of Ultron, he starts to see the grey area in politicians. He starts becoming a leader in his own right. 
you know, he becomes a leader at the age at the end of Avengers, that carries on when it's soldier, and then by Age of Ultron, he is the leader of the Avengers. And in Civil War, it's not just about, you know, follow your government anymore, it's about your beliefs. What do you think is right? Yeah. And he sticks by that. And I think it was interesting that I suppose it makes more sense because it is a Captain America movie, that in the comic he surrenders. He realizes mm. the fighting's gone too far. Whereas in the movie, he's like, no, I'm, I know I'm what I'm doing way. is the right yeah. thing to do. And he sticks with it. Um, and it, I know, I just think, I think it's fascinating because this movie is, it is an Avengers movie. But I think this is what focuses Captain America as still one of the main guys. Because even though it's an Avengers movie, he, he is yeah. the head of that. So then when you get to Endgame, Endgame feels like another sequel to this almost. It's kind of like, he is the main character of that movie almost. I think he has the most screen time. What, in Endgame? I think so. Yeah, he does. It's him and then Iron Man. Um, which makes sense because I, I like it where when you watch it from the first Avenger all the way through to Endgame, you have the complete story of Captain America because it, both of those movies start and end with Captain America's story. And I really like that. And I think Civil War is just a very important film in that it, you can't skip that. It's no, the most, not at all. It's, it's probably the most vital movie because it, it splits the Avengers up, but also for the personal stories of Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, it's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, just, I'd, I'd just like to point out one again. On my sheet of paper, I have written down as number one, but I have said it for number two, just to bear that in mind. Okay. So, oh, okay. <laughs> um, honourable mentions, Thomas. We'll do your honourable mentions. We'll just quickly right. fly through these because you don't want to spend too much time. So Yeah, the, the, the only reason why I wanted to do an honourable mentions thing anyway is because it really, really my top five are the Avengers movies. I knew that. Including Civil War. Mm. Um, including, and this might be controversial, Age of Ultron. Okay, I'll give you I, that. I wanted to mention Age of Ultron. I wanted to mention Endgame. Um... Because I think Age of Ultron is one of those movies where, with the benefit of hindsight, to quote Ultron, it's actually a really well-written movie that sets up a whole bunch of shit in very subtle ways. The um, vision that Thor sees leads directly into Thor Ragnarok. The vision uh, that Captain America sees... Ties into where his character arc ends in Endgame. Yeah. Uh, the Black Widow one sets up the Black Widow, the Black Widow movie very well. Um, the birth of Vision is so fucking cool. Oh, very great. I it's so it. good. Um, it sets up his relationship with Scarlet Witch very well. Mm-hmm. Um, that progresses over the course of the movies. I think as a movie that, you know, had to follow up one of the biggest movies of all time... It did a pretty good fucking job. Yeah, I also liked how in Age of Ultron, there's good like banter between them all. You can see them, you know, getting yeah. along well. Like especially in that party, at the opening, it's it's just it's that on screen chemistry that you, you you love to see these characters come to life in a way. They feel like friends. They feel like people who care about each other. So really good. fucking good stuff. I th- I think a lot of people sleep on that movie. I think that movie is a lot better than people give it credit for. Yeah. Um, but I also, the reason why it isn't in my top five, or why I felt comfortable getting rid of it, is because I also think the movie's kind of unfinished. 
Oh, there's yeah. a lot of deleted scenes that I think would make sense getting put back in. Mm-hmm. I, it's the only MCU movie I'd want to see an extended edition of. Well, Thomas, you know what I always say? We've just got to wait and see. That doesn't even make sense to this. What do you mean, wait and see? Well, I've wait and see w- if they do an extended edition? Basically. They're going to. The MCU never do an extended edition of other movies. What are, we, what are we waiting for, Seb? I'm waiting to move on to the next film. Well, I <laughs> you said that you you said that like a fucking sassy bitch. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention is Endgame, just because I'm actually I, hurt. It's it's not in my top five, and the reason it's not in my top five is because I think that movie is it's hard to judge as a movie. You know, if that like because it's it's not just oh it's the fourth Avengers movie. It's the culmination of 21 movies that have come before it, different franchises, different story threads, and for the most part, does a good job of tying a bunch of these loose ends up, as well as setting a bunch of new characters or lesser, less important characters on all these new stories. And I think it's it's less of a movie and more of an event. We've never had anything like it before. We're probably never going to have anything like it after. So it's like, it, it should really be, in my mind, it's something else. It's something separate. Okay. Which is probably uh, not a great thing to say before you reveal that it's your number one film. Well, like I said, <laughs> I have originally written it, written my list. I'll post it on Instagram, people. My original list, Civil War is number one. But then I got panicked. I panicked. And changed it. And let me guess, you changed it to Endgame. I want to mention some honorable mentions <laughs> first as well. I just want to point out that. These are just very quick. I won't go into detail like Thomas, but First Avenger, I think that's a cracking film. I really enjoyed that. You know, has same really good stuff. Um, Spider-Man, Far From Home. The only reason I'm mentioning that is I loved the scene where Mysterio finally reveals himself to Spider-Man and that, you know, that scene where he's like trying to trick him and find out who he's told, you know, is it MJ, Ned? That scene, gold, fantastic. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Um, and the other one was, you know, Thor Ragnarok. That was a fun one. I did question that film when they said, oh, 80% of it is ad-libbed. You know, the rest, 20% was scripted, everything else they just improvised, you know? I was like, oh, okay. But then it paid out in the end, and it was a really, really funny film. Just want to yeah, mention those three. This, I, su- I suppose this is the problem with picking just five out of this franchise, because now we're up to, what, 25 movies? And really, I, I'd go back and watch all of them. Oh, 100%. You know, my, my top ten, if I picked the top ten, would include probably Shang-Chi. I'd love that movie. Mm-hmm. Probably Black Panther. Maybe even Black uh, Widow, actually. You know, I really like that as kind of a... A fun spy throwback type thing. A lot of these movies are really fucking good. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy, I could replace that with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Civil War, I'd replace, I could replace with either First Avenger or Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I think the MCU has a really strong track record of just great comic book movies, as well as just great movies in general. But, all that aside, the movie I personally believe is the top MCU movie. Yeah, yeah, it's Infinity War. 
Of course you would, I. Um, and of but course, we've I got... think Infinity War is my top MCU movie for a surprising reason. Go on. But I'll let you announce your top. Right, MCU I don't movie. know how I've kept this a secret uh, throughout this entire episode. Um, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Maybe we are just very predictable. We're very predictable. <laughs> I really regret switching it last week. I'm actually going to post on Instagram to that one listener who listens. I wrote down Civil War, <laughs> and then Endgame was number two. I swear to God, I put Endgame number two, Civil War number one. Right, I'm going to oh. say the time. Right now, it is 29 minutes past 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. right? So if your timestamp on your notes doesn't say that... Oh, it's on a sheet of paper. you've changed it. It's on a sheet of paper. Oh, it's on a sheet. Oh, that's convenient, Seb. That's convenient. No, now literally... we'll never know. No, we, we'll we, never we... know if you're... Uh... No, no, literally, I've got the... There's the paper. That could be any piece of paper, <laughs> Seb. There's no proof. Yeah, right, I swear to God, I'm going to prove it. Um, yeah, are you just going to write the time now? <laughs> I am actually 22, 29, 50, uh, 5. You could have written that, and then you could write the names on after. That means nope, nothing, Seb. Nope, you nope. can never prove this. Nope. Oh, I'm an asshole. Anyway, um... I'll start off with why Endgame is one of my top ones. Um, Go on then. So, I don't know if you remember, Thomas, but when we went, it was so fun. Did you not enjoy it? Did you... <laughs> uh, it was fun, but the way you said that, I don't, remember, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, Thomas, but when we went, it was so fun. Well, no, I was, <laughs> I was, I was wanting you to remember when, you know when Captain America lifts up Mjolnir and he says, uh, Avengers Assemble? I was sitting next to you, and then I just went in a pure panic mode, going like, he's going to say it, he's going to say it, he's going to say it. And I remember you saying, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I I remember when we went to see Endgame, there was a big group of us, we'd planned this for ages, and a friend of ours, oh, yeah. a friend of ours, I, she, I love it a bit, but <laughs> she, she has a habit, of talking through movies yep, and yep. getting very excited, very emotional during movies. So none of us wanted to sit next yeah. to her because we thought we're just she's just going to talk through the whole thing. Did we not run in? Like we've yeah. got to go now. They're she, getting snacks. She booked it. She handed everyone out the tickets, and when we got our tickets, we were like, "Right, let's fucking go." So we ran to the theater. We got the seats at the the end of the aisle so that we wouldn't have to uh, sit next to her. And I thought, great. I'm not going to have to <laughs> deal with someone screaming and shouting for the whole movie. And then it gets to the Avengers Assemble bit, that beautiful sequence. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so fucking good. I'm like, it's the best movie-going experience I've ever had because 100%. not to sound like a basic bitch, but I was fucking, I was like hyperventilating. <laughs> I, was, I was sweating. I was crying. It had been, it was, it was like... Coaster. It was the fanboy's dream to see all these characters come together. And I'm having, like, the most pathetically emotional reaction I can. And just as he's about to say the line, you fucking grab me by the shoulder. (laughs) You're shaking me, going, he's going to say it. And I'm like, Seth, just fuck off. I'm trying to watch the film. But but I was so fucking... I was psyched. I was so happy he was going to say it. I just couldn't... I had to show it. I had to show how excited I was. And I, I think, because I love that sequence, but I think the thing that, you know, it still sends shivers up me now, 
when he lifts the hammer. Oh, I think that was another time when I properly gasped. I properly went, <gasps> no. I remember, I weirdly, I don't know why, but I think, I think Gary's reaction <laughs> sticks out to me the most because I remember him being sat literally on the edge of his seat and his hands are like fucking on his head and he's like, oh my fucking God. And I think I remember that because when we left the theatre, I think he was trying to play it cool. Like, it's just a movie, guys. And I was like, I, I saw your reaction. I saw you. <laughs> You're just as much of a nerd as we are. Shut the fuck up. Honestly, I think it was just the way they handled that scene was gorgeous. You know, just that movie shouldn't be possible. No. <laughs> like this, because this is the thing. A lot of people go, oh, like these movies aren't Oscar worthy, blah, blah, blah. These aren't real cinema. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, this franchise and that movie have pulled off something that has never been done before. Mm-hmm. Taking all these different plot threads, all these character arcs, and getting them and resolving a bunch of them in a way that makes sense for everything that's come before, impossible. I guess the closest thing you can think of to something like that would be Harry Potter, but that's one continuous story yeah. about one character, Plus, or one main character. Most of the people know how it's going to end, because they've read the book. Exactly. This is, it's based off comics, but the story they're telling is... It's fresh. Uh, yeah, it's it's an original idea. Even their version of time travel oh. was original. A lot of it, they'd done the whole, if you go back in time, it changes your present. But they do a whole thing where it's like, no, it creates branch realities. Um, which has led to complications down the road. But I think that movie nails it for the most part. And I think what's really, you know, great about that film is the fact that it does feel like a conclusion. Mm-hmm. It feels like Tony Stark, he had to die. Mm-hmm. His death makes complete sense for his character because at the end of the day, his character had always been about his obsession with his technology. And that comes from the Avengers. The Avengers triggers that because he has this fucking experience where he sees all these aliens and it gives him anxiety. And then the way he copes with his anxiety moving forward is just to continuously build, which is why his tech evolves so much after the Avengers. In Iron Man 3, he's got like a thousand suits. Mm. In Age of Ultron, he builds Ultron, and as well as the Iron Legion program, he builds Avengers Tower, a new tech for everyone. He's constantly upgrading everyone. Then you get to like Civil War and Infinity War, where he gets the nanotech and all that stuff. He's constantly building to fight his anxiety. And the only thing that kind of cures it is the end of the world. The thing he was afraid of the most happens, but he still has his family, he still has his wife, he has Mm -hmm. a kid, he gets lucky, and then he has that survivor's guilt thing where I got so lucky, but now I have this opportunity to actually help other people. And then he goes back again, because he keeps retiring, he retires at the end of Age of Ultron, he retires at the end of um, Iron Man 3, he retires um, after Infinity War... He keeps trying to put it down, but he can't. And the only way his story was going to end was him dying in the Iron Man suit. I think it's very well done. And it tracks. Despite the fact you've had different directors and writers take on board this character, his storyline makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And the same with Captain America. Everyone knows every detail about his life. He's the most famous man on the planet. He was the first superhero. And all he's done since getting the super soldier serum is follow orders, fight people. And then he fought against the people who gave him orders because it went against what he believed. And at the end of all this, of losing all this fucking, losing his friends, you know, fucking 
fighting to save the universe and all this stuff, he gets to a point where he's like, you know what, I'm going to have something for me. And, and he goes back uh, and probably creates a branch timeline that is perfect because he can be like, oh, I can go get, I can go save Bucky before he becomes the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can stop Hank Pym's wife from dying because Scott told me about Hank Pym's wife. And, oh, I've, I've met Hank Pym in the 70s. I can warn him that his wife's going to get trapped in the quantum realm. You know, little things like that. Hey, I, I know what's going to happen in 2012. Loki's going to turn up. Like, he can create a perfect universe, almost. Um, so, I, I just... I think his story ends really well in Endgame. It's beautiful. I also love the music at the end. Oh, it's just... It's a perfect choice. Perfect choice. 10 out of 10. Um, but, enough about Endgame. What about your surprise twist? Infinity War. <laughs> Do you know why I like this movie? No. Because it reminds me of the Doctor Who episode, The Stolen Earth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was waiting. I was waiting for when that was going to be brought up because we keep on comparing the Marvel films to the Doctor Who shows. Because this, right? Because I, I remember a very specific feeling when I was a kid of watching the the series four finale because I'd seen Torchwood. I wasn't supposed to. Like at the time, child, I was like what nine, and my parents were like, "You can't watch Torchwood. It's for grown ups. It'll be too scary for you." And then I think. We had, like, BT Vision at the time, and they had the on-demand stuff, so you'd go back and watch, like, shitloads mm-hmm. of TV shows. Mm-hmm. So they were like, right, you can't you can't watch uh, Torchwood. And I think they were away for a weekend. So that was and I watched... <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I'm going to fucking watch Torchwood. And I watched the full two series, My and God. then the Children of Earth season they did, where it was the five-part miniseries. I watched all of that over the course of like a weekend before the, um, no, it wasn't the five-part miniseries, that came out after. It was season one and two I watched, yeah, before um, the thing came out. And I'd seen Sarah Jane Adventures. Mm-hmm. So then when the Stolen Earth happens and you see Torchwood, you see Bannerman Road, the supporting characters of those two franchises crossover with Doctor Who I was like holy fuck this is amazing because it was going like all of these characters react to the Daleks come in and then the Doctor comes at the very end of the episode like it was done really well and then watching Infinity War it felt like the same thing where you have the first responders reacting to Thanos and then across all these different areas and then when they all kind of come together it's too late mm-hmm. I, th- I it's, it's one of those things where it's a weird comparison but I think, um, you know, Infinity War and Stolen Earth are more alike than people might realise. Mm-hmm. Which I... kind of would make Russell T Davies a visionary. We've had this conversation many a times and I'm so glad I'm you going to bring it, to it up as many times as I can. No, no, I'm, I'm, I was, <laughs> was, was going to say I'm glad you brought it to the podcast because it's just, it's a perfect comparison. Um, because, yeah, I think he is, you know, because they all teamed up, which was... Something I think that he they were the first. I swear they must have been. It it was he was doing something that hadn't really been done before on TV. I mean, you'd had spin-offs, but Joey never crossed over with Friends or anything. You know, mm-hmm. a, a series would end and then they'd spin off. But having spin-offs run at the same time, each aiming at three different, you know, brackets of people, mm-hmm. different age brackets. And having them all cross over, and it makes sense. Tonally, it all fits. 
you know, and it was it, especially for the Stone Earth because there was little nice things like, oh, Sarah Jane was there with Davros's first story, and now they're reunited again. That's and interesting. Just like to remember that this is a Marvel thing, and I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I did think like, oh, is this a Doctor Who episode? I was like, oh no, this is Marvel. We need to bring it back to Marvel. Like, yes, right. that's what I'm saying is that watching the episode, seeing all that stuff take place, the culmination of such a long story, Infinity War was the only other thing that's made me feel like that. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, fucking it cuts to Spider Man, and, and oh. Spider Man's reacting to the same thing Doctor Strange is. These two characters that I've never met before, and then they meet on screen for the first time. It's like, holy ditko, Batman! Like it's <laughs> oh so God. fucking cool. Like, and it was it was one of those movies that felt one of the first movies I should say that felt like oh, this is a comic book movie. Yeah. Which is weird to say, but comic books are episodic in their nature, issue by issue. And this movie felt like it was in an episodic structure, you know? You could adapt this movie quite easily into a comic book. Issue one, first responders, where, you know, you have the destruction of the um, the Sicarian ship and then the attack on New York. Issue two is um, the Edinburgh stuff because mm-hmm. I believe that's next because they cut, they cut to space and then they cut back to Edinburgh, you know, and you have the, the Edinburgh fight. Like there's these little tiny chapters, you know, um, the battle for Wakanda, the, the battle on Titan. One of the best fights I needed fucking the magic fight between <sighs> Thanos and Doctor Strange. So good. He's better than the fight between Harry Potter and Voldemort at the end oh, of Deathly Hallows. One of, Harry Potter, they're just pointing sticks. Uh, what, what do you think is better, though? The fight between Dumbledore and Voldemort or Thanos and Doctor Strange? Thanos and Doctor Strange. I, I, I think it's the Dumbledore and Voldemort fight. What, in Half-Blood Prince? Order of the Phoenix. Oh, is it in Order of the Phoenix? Oh, yeah. Nah. nah. I just... Because there's no soundtrack in that one. The the noise that Dumbledore's one makes is really cool. Although that being said, I do love the bit where um, Strange tries to trap him in the mirror dimension, and he just tur- he just he shatters the mirror dimension, turns it into a black hole, throws the black hole at Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange turns it into butterflies. Perfect. Like it's it's and you're so fucking cool. That to two men pointing nah, sticks nah, at it's, it is the it is the Thanos fight. You yeah, convince me. Jack, come on, man, don't don't do that now. Um, but it's it's also there's I I've I've got a weird collecting thing in me. I like complete sets. It's um it's talk- a sickness really. Yeah, I've got this weird thing where I like complete sets. I like complete collections. I had no idea that was something <laughs> about you. It was brand new to so, me. So this is like a dream cuz watching him collecting the infinity stones. That's you. And it's it's so satisfying watching the stones get put in the gauntlet, don't you think? Oh, it is. It is very satisfying. That would be my dream, is to have, is to have to travel around the country to collect unique one of a kind items that then go into a unique container, and have to do puzzles to get the unique items. That's like that's the perfect treasure hunt for me. It never happen. It requires a lot of effort and work. And ideally, I wouldn't want to do any of the work. I'd just want to know where the stuff is and I'd have to go in 
do the challenges. So you hear you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why Thomas <laughs> has put Infinity War as his favourite one is because it helps him make his dreams come true. Collecting things. So this is what I want you to do for my birthday. I want you to set up a very elaborate treasure hunt for me where I can collect infinity stones and put them into a gauntlet. That's that's what I'm saying. So next week we are... <laughs> what are we doing next week, Thomas? Because, well, first of all, we'd like to conclude that our two lists, so mine were Avengers, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Endgame, and Civil War on top. You heard it here first. Um, and Thomas's... What was yours? Um, I had... <laughs> right, my right. Phone's all, my lie, phone's Thomas. all the way over there. Thomas, not going to lie. We've, we have just spent like about two hours talking about this. And you oh, wait, how long, how long have we recorded for? Two hours. Oh, fuck. We did it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm wrapping up. Right, so um, um, first of all, I don't, know if, I don't know if you noticed when I went through my list, I put Civil War back on top and you didn't comment on that. I thought that would be a perfect opportunity, but you didn't. To be honest, Seb, to be honest, I wasn't listening. Wait, so are you, are you definitively saying that Civil War is your number one film? It's a really hard one, man. So my top five... Which, which one do you would you want to watch right now if someone gave you Civil War or Endgame? Which oh, one would you want to watch right now? That's such a tough question. Because they're both... There's, those are the two films where I honestly like felt something in the cinema. I was just like, this, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I ever felt something. <laughs> My life has been so brief. Uh, like, <laughs> that's when I started to realise I had feelings. Uh, <laughs> the desperation in your voice. It's the only time I ever really felt something, you know? <laughs> oh, God. I would like to watch them at the same time, if that was possible. You know what? Um, <laughs> Why don't we split the difference and say that Infinity War is your number one movie? So Thomas and I have two very different lists. So Thomas, what is your list? Off you go. My list. I've opened my phone, Seb. Is that okay? That's fine. Go for it. My list goes Guardians of the Galaxy at number five, Doctor Strange at number four, Captain America Civil War at number three, The Avengers at number two, and at number one, Avengers Infinity War. And yes, I'm using the American title because over in the UK... For anyone in America um, who gives a shit, it was called Avengers Assemble. Yeah, that's yeah, cool, nice. Because right. we had an old TV show called The Avengers. Uh, can I stop so you right they... there? So, um, my top, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. my top five are at, at number five. We've got Avengers Assembled, uh, the British version. And we have... No, right. No, it let works me finish, better, doesn't it? <laughs> it works better because it's Avengers Assemble. Assemble, not Assembled. And oh, then it goes Avengers Age of Ultron. It's not like the Avengers Age of Ultron. It's Avengers Age of Ultron. So the first one being Avengers Assemble, the the naming scheme work. Um, you don't care. Are you Move done? On. Are you done? Do you see what I mean, though? Do you see where I'm coming from? So my... Is that just me? I don't really... Can I say my list, mate? I want to say it again. <laughs> So, Fuck. my number five was Avengers Assembled. Uh, number, Assembled. Four, number four was Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, number three was Infinity War. Number two... <laughs> this was, is it, this is the decider. Was, ...was Civil War, and number one was Endgame. I've done it. It's locked in. Fuck. All right. Well, I... 
I, I personally believe that Infinity War is the peak. I think right. that's the best one they've made. Well, but I completely understand you putting Endgame first. Because mm-hmm. I, I do think Endgame, it's it's something special. It's, it's special. It's really, you know... It's great. Although that being said, I've got a strong feeling that the Eternals might take the number one spot. Everything we've been hearing, it sounds really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we'll give our thoughts should on we, that. Um, should we do like a, an episode about that? Maybe, why not? We're seeing it together. Uh, we are. I think I think we see it before our Disney Plus episode where we talk about um, where we talk about the Disney Plus shows. Mm. Here's the thing, right? Say Disney Plus Day has absolutely nothing going for it. Should we talk about the Eternals? We'll do that. Right. There, well, there we go. If if Disney Plus Day is a fucking disappointment like Fandom was, you'll be hearing our opinions on the Eternals. Exactly. But what are we doing next week, Thomas? Next week, we are going to be talking about the Disney Plus Marvel Studios TV shows. Just talking about them, aren't we? Just talking about them. We're just going to talk about what we liked about them, what we don't like, what we're excited to see in the future. That's it. What we're not excited to see in the future. You know, so stay tuned for that. What our dreams are for our our lives, you know, where we want to go, who we want to be, people we want to be with. You know, we're just going to have a really emotional conversation about... But our personal lives. Well, just a wee taster for next week. I don't want to be you. We're going to give you our home addresses, <laughs> our mobile numbers. <laughs> we're, we're, this is a taster. Um, our body counts. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, what are you saying about my weight? Tune in next week, folks, as we talk about the Marvel TV shows. Okay, so we'll see you next week. Goodbye. No, not the Disney Plus shows. you got to say it's Disney Plus. We're going to talk about the Disney Plus shows. No, don't say it like that. You gotta say it happy sound. <laughs> Join in next week where we talk about the <laughs> Disney Plus shows. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so mad, Seb? Come on. It's okay, man. I'm going through a midlife crisis here, man. Just, <laughs> <laughs> right. This list has broken you. It really has. Fuck's sake. Goodbye.